0: Cold Out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him
1: Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. You're listening to 94.9 Main FM and you're with Sarah Bignall. This is the community radio show where we bring you the latest on Yowie research in Australia and we delve into the vast and endlessly fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch and cryptozoology from here and around the world. We also go into paranormal encounters and UFO sightings and any other mysterious phenomena. This week I'm bringing you a fantastic chat that the lovely Cade Moyer of Believe Podcast had with the renowned American Bigfoot researcher Ron Moorhead. Ron was part of the team that captured the incredible Sierra Sounds recordings, which I've played for you before, and we've talked about them before, but if you haven't checked those out, get online and have a listen. Quite amazing. Ron is also the author of a book called The Quantum Bigfoot, which I have, but haven't had a chance to read yet, but it's definitely on my list. If you haven't checked out Cade Moyer's Believe podcast, do yourself a favour and check it out now. He has the best podcast on the paranormal in the country, in my opinion, and he's been very supportive of me and very generous with his advice. Cade, if you're listening, you rock.
2: Today, I'm joined by author and adventurer Ron Moorhead. To date, he has come closer than any other researcher to having a complete body of evidence. The Sierra Sounds are the only Bigfoot recordings that have been scientifically studied, time-tested, and accredited as genuine. Ron, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Kate. It's great to be here. Appreciate your invite. Oh, mate, it's fantastic to have you on. Uh, It's not very often that we get a lot of people from the states on the show so i'm always excited to to talk sasquatch with people
3: most people over here are in bed by now <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah we, we did have to do a little bit of time juggling so I it on, i was
3: on coast to coast one time for four hours during the night i didn't like it, it was really yeah. had to punch me it was while wake me up <laughs>
2: yeah coast to coast runs quite late doesn't it
3: oh it does yeah and they do it live they was doing live then i'm not sure how I've been on it now. I've been on it several times, but not lately.
2: So Ron, what got you into Sasquatch? Was there, was there a point in your life? Was there a moment that made you go, I need to look into this? Uh,
3: yeah, I guess you could say that I, I was friends with a group of hunters that, and I didn't hunt, but I was friends with them and they, they went to their hunting camp and, and came back with a really, I don't know, story about these things that come around the camp and making these sounds. And, and, uh, Anyway, the guys, uh, one of the guys who went back up, uh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't go back up again by himself. He got, he got scared off. It was just a little too much. Very religious person. He just didn't know how that fit and how it set into his religious paradigm, you know. And those giants were something from the Old Testament, you know, from the Nephilim way back, way back when, and and not supposed to exist now. But what was up there was definitely huge, huge voice made some really aggressive sounds and scared him off. So anyway, uh, the guys were late coming back, and their wives were worried. And because I was friends with them, he asked me if I would go back with him. He just didn't want to make that trip by himself. And uh, so I went back with him. That got me involved with him, and I got my interest up in what could have made Because they showed me some tracks that were just huge and uh, five-toed, and uh, I... I, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't know, you don't know what they are. You just know there's something strange going on there. So that got me involved and that was 1971 actually. So I started going up as often as I could then with whoever would go with me and, and, uh, really trying to experience more of what was going on with them. Like they were having happen. These things kept coming back into camp as a family of them. And they had started taking a little cassette tape recorders. That's all they had in the seventies. Cassette it was portable. And, uh, we, uh, started recording the things, uh, the sounds they were making. And, uh, the winter of 1972 set in because this camp is just to let everybody know what we're dealing with here is eight miles into the uh, wilderness area there in the Sierra Nevada mountains of California. And it's 8,400 feet in elevation, the campsite. So it's, uh, it gets snowed in the wintertime. You don't get in till spring. So we, uh, we had the winter of 71 through 72 to... To think about things, and uh, Warren Johnson, the leader of the group, he—he's he's deceased now, but he wrote to Ivan Sanderson, a cryptozoolog- cryptozoologist back east, and a twenty-three-page letter. And uh, with that, Ivan Sanderson, I did unbeknownst to any of us, he wrote a letter to a man named Peter Byrne on the west coast in Oregon. Peter Byrne's a big game hunter from Nepal, who had a Bigfoot research center there. And uh, Peter thought, same thing Ivan did, this has got to be somebody pulling our legs. You know, no, nothing like this <laughs> happens because uh, it was really a lot of stuff going on. And uh, so Peter, thinking it was a hoax, probably wrote to a man named Alan Berry. And Alan was an investigative reporter working in Redding, California, <clears throat> for a newspaper at the time. He came down and thought, well, he'll check this out. But he interviewed us each separately and together, and and he uh, he, he wanted to go in. So the next spring or next... As soon as we could get in we took him in and uh again he was looking for the hoax just like everybody else was because but it wasn't a hoax and he he kept i didn't know this so none of us knew he was anything but just our friend trying to be a nice guy with us one to experience what we were experiencing but he was going through our packs when we were out not looking he told me this later on because we became pretty good friends and uh, he was trying to find the hoax, too. And uh, anyway, he ended up writing a book called Bigfoot. He had co-written it with uh, Ann Slate. And uh, he talks about his first three chapters. is about that experience up there and what he went through to try to get some academia involved in it, too, because he recorded also. And he first sent his recordings off to um, tybel i.e. Tybel in New York City, who studied the Nixon tapes. And they were top of the line, but they're not cheap. so. They just told him offhand. Well, they were spontaneous. They were much huge, more powerful than a human voice could be, and there was no sixty cycle hum. Those little things right there, because sixty cycle hum would have told him it was pre-recorded. You know that's. Uh, but they suggested to him that they he gets an academia somebody, a scholarly person, a PhD somewhere to study these things and to give him a paper or something official so um he started going around trying to find who could do this now all of us were just hunters having fun at the time you know <laughs> because that winter of 71 i got me a rifle i was going to join the hunting group which i did and uh but anyway he uh he finally found a man at the university of wyoming um dr uh curlin he's a professor of electrical engineering to substantiate the tapes one way or the other tell me they're either good or they're false if they've been manipulated i want to know he did a year-long study uh and he said that they had not been speeded up, slowed down, or manipulated in any way, and they were pretty much outside the human range. He showed graphs where they were. He submitted that paper to the Anthropology of the Unknown uh, conference up in uh, Vancouver, BC, and uh, a subsequent book was written on it in 1980, published uh, called "Manlike Monsters on Trial." So that's how it kind of began for me, and I've been going up there ever since, and. uh, it's just uh, been quite a, quite a journey because it's exciting. And uh, to run into something like this, I uh, didn't realize at the time just how unique it was and how, how important it was. Now, Alan Berry did. He was the reporter. He realized these were this was really significant. We just thought, well, hey, look, there's some kind of ape <laughs> run out there. we got to print out more about. <laughs> but the unusual things were also happening, which we couldn't explain. And uh, there seemed to outfox us when we tried to trick them. Everybody says, well, you should have got a picture, you know, if that really happened. Why can't there's no picture? Well, it's not that simple. Anybody, anybody that researches these things and tries to find and get a picture, they realize it's just not. So you go set up a camera and say, come on here and pose for me. You know, these things, uh, we set up camera traps and do all kinds of things. The only thing we could capture was their vocalizations. And that has proven out to be why I'm with you right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And what was the the vibe with Bigfoot back in the 1970s? Because Bigfoot, I can imagine, wasn't really in the public light until the the Patterson-Gimlin film, which came out in 1967. So that's only uh, half a decade before your your adventures out into the into the wild. Was this still something that was kind of a a taboo thing, or something that was kind of not really taken too seriously? Yeah,
3: that's true. Uh, even as you said, you believe in Bigfoot, you were kind of laughed at. <laughs> Nowadays, they don't so much laugh at you so much. Uh, yeah, it was. We were businessmen. I was a businessman then. I, my career was in business, so I, I had a pretty good standing in the community. So I didn't talk about it much except to my my family. Neither did any of the other guys. Because one guy's a contractor. He's a good friend of mine, still to this day, and. And uh just didn't spread the word around that you believe in Bigfoot, much less that you talked to them or heard them or chatter, and then found out through years later after the the uh, curlin report of nineteen seventy six it was I think seventy eight um, a guy named Scott Nelson got a hold of him he's a cryptolinguist uh retired from the Navy as a cryptolinguist uh didn't even know a guy like that existed. He heard him by accident and came all the way up from Missouri where he's teaching foreign languages after after he retired and interviewed myself and Alan Berry and to get the context of sounds, we gave him the sounds, believed that he would, you know, he was an honest guy. We had people chiming in all the time. I know what they're saying. I know what they're saying. But found out this guy has been trained by the Navy to to find out if there's anything going on with languages, unknown languages, if it is a language. And the <clears throat> the big deal is now, he, he actually says it's language by the human definition of language. And that makes a big difference because If you just say things communicate, that's one thing. But when you say they communicate with language like you and I are doing now, that's a whole other story because only humans are supposed to have the vocal mechanism for language, which means a high bone here connected to the tongue with the nervous system going to the brain means we can cognitively talk to each other, sapiently, I should call it. (laughs) So that's what's happened. These things have that, which... Didn't know that at the time. Didn't know this till till uh, Scott Nelson, who's a crypto linguist, till he, I started starting started looking into that stuff because uh, that means maybe they're hybrids, some type of a, a human that were or human type or something or spring off, whatever. We still don't know to this day what they are because no one's ever, uh, well, found out. <laughs> I've been researching now for close to five decades, fifty years, and. It's just uh, been a phenomenal journey for me. I've been around the world in Nepal, uh, Peru, a couple of times, South America, Bolivia, into Russia, Siberia, uh, researching uh, the enigmas of these other people that are claiming they're like the Yeti in in Nepal and above Butan. uh, Claim if there's any commonality with that and what we have here on the West Coast, because I don't try to prove to people these things exist. Uh, I just don't do that. That's not where I'm at. I'm a little further along, i got to say, than that, because uh, if, if you don't want to believe the facts, the film of the Patterson, the Patterson film is a good example. And these sounds, which now have been studied by a professor of electrical engineering to show they weren't manipulated, speeded up, slowed down, or anything like that, that goes. You've got the, the same sounds been studied by the cryptolinguists that says humans can't do this, and there's no fun making them. These are actually entities out there talking to each other. Only humans have that. So, where does that put it? it? Puts us in something going on here that's maybe part human. But I also go a little further as we can talk later how, how, what else they could be. Because only the mitochondrial, of course, the DNA that, that's been done on them, <clears throat> the mitochondrial, which is maternal side, uh, has shown to be human. Well, that's only half of it. What's the male counterpart? <laughs> That's what they can't place. So as soon as they, as soon as the science sees, well, that's human, then they think, well, it's been contaminated. there have been two different studies now. Two different DNAs have been taken from probably Bigfoot, uh, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call them, <clears throat> Yeti maybe, Yowie maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, they claim that those are not right because they got to have contamination because these things. Academia, is, if the ones that want to believe this and want to entertain it a little bit, think they have to be just a lost ape or a lost species out there that, you know, but we're supposed to be the smartest ones. We're the Homo sapiens sapiens, right? We're the ones that supposed to be top of the line, the food chain, everything like that. But uh I think they have to step back a little bit and look at who we really are as humans, what we're supposed to be as humans, what we're supposed to evolve to. And maybe these things have evolved a little further that's hard for any of them to grasp because they're living in the woods like an ape. They're hairy like an ape. You know, they got all that stuff going on and so they got to be an ape. And as soon as academia thinks that they're going to believe in it and they see this, uh, this picture of an ape walking through the woods, like on bluff Creek, you know, the Patterson film. And, and hear what I have. Well, they, they think there's something going to be wrong or, or they just, you know, somebody's got to shoot one. That's what a couple of, the, you know, former, they're both passed away now. Uh, John Green and uh, Grover Krantz both thought that we should bring in a body to prove their existence. So there's a whole group of Bigfoot researchers, quote-unquote researchers, who, who are out there trying to shoot one or hunt one. And uh, uh, that's not going to work for them. I can tell them that right now. These things, it's like somebody walking in your living room right now and you're not knowing it. <laughs> you know, They're really wise to the woods. But there's more going on with them than just what meets our three-dimensional
2: eyes. Well, that's that's something I, I hear quite often. And I hear people who have had these encounters with, with yowies here in Australia, and they will say they will genuinely see this creature just vanish in front of them. Oh. They will be walking oh. across a track or, or a trail, something like that, and they will just see this thing disappear. Or I will hear descriptions where they, they go into a, a predator-like mode, where they can hear this thing running around them or moving around them, but they can't see it. I have answers for that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you want to hear my answers? Of
2: course I do. Absolutely. <laughs> well,
3: this gets into maybe what you want to talk about the next hour if you want to do a second part, but it gets into quantum physics. And uh, Alan Berry had a master's degree in science. He was the investigative reporter, like I say, that went up there. And he fostered the studies. we got the University of Wyoming to look at them, did all the groundwork, and uh caused me to get involved in talking like this at conventions and uh, shows like this. <clears throat> but he said, well, whatever you do, stay with science. Don't talk about some of the weird stuff that goes on up here. Because these sounds that we've recorded, that he recorded one Now he had his microphone about 40 feet remoted back up behind our little makeshift shelter there. And, and uh, this sound, it sounded like he was, <laughs> Bigfoot was holding the mic. I mean, that's how, that's how it sounded. but wow. You know, he he was an eye shot of that microphone and he couldn't see anything. So uh, he thought it had to be behind one of these big trees. Uh, somewhere behind these rocks way over there and uh that's just what he assumed and of course i talked to a professor about this one he said you know we have the remnants of uh of these air sacs that used to be under us and great apes have those where they can squeeze like that and get their voice really really amplitude, shoot it way out there so that was the explanation for that which it might be the right one but anyway uh there's just been a lot of people say they saw them disappear well If I'm going to stay with science, like my friend Alberry, who's the late Alberry, he he said stay with science. So I kind of thought, what's the science that could account for this? Because classical science don't. You know, Newtonian physics, everything's measurable, predictable, uh, physical material. Uh, That's not true. (laughs) It's just not everything. There's more going on, a lot more going on than what meets our three-dimensional eyes. Several dimensions exist. We will only see within certain frequencies. Absolutely. We're all energetic beings who can only – we vibrate at certain frequencies, and that creates well, a reality if you want to get into it. But, but it, it gets my, – my theory on how they disappear, you want to hear that right
2: now? Absolutely, I do. It's, uh, it's, it's enthralling. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Well, I think they're, they live in the fifth dimension. They're interdimensional. When they're in our three-dimensional environment, which they want to be because it's it's a nice environment. I mean, this Earth is more That's why aliens are coming now and everybody's acknowledging them. Uh, they're here to experience this uh, dimensional reality. I think it's a density thing that they want to be embodied on this 3 Anyway, when they're in three dimensions, they have to live by our three-dimensional rules. Mm. mean, you can be shot, you can, you can be recorded, you can... Whatever. However, when they move into the plasma, field of fourth dimension with this time, and go into their fifth dimensional state of the inner dimension, that's when you see them in the cloaking type stage. In my opinion, <clears throat> this is all my opinion, by the way. <laughs> which, that's all I got is my opinion, right? And <laughs> my experiences, because I, I've I heard these things walking right around outside this little shelter, waiting for their, waiting for their uh shadow to break the light. Never happened yet. You hear them walking right there, and. Uh, that puzzled me. I thought, well, how does he know I'm looking at their, their crack waiting for it? <laughs> anyway, let me get back to what I was talking about. I get all excited about this stuff because I think I'm on to this plasma field of, the, of energy that you're seeing cloaking. That's also where ghosts come from, I think. People see ghosts because they're stuck in that, that frequency, which is between the third and the fifth dimension. And that's what you're seeing is the uh, energy because energy <clears throat> doesn't have any density. Mass does. Yes. So somehow, uh, I believe that the, the beings that I dealt with, and me, the, and the other hunters dealt with and in Sierra Nevada Mountains, uh, they have a frequency range in their vocal mechanism that supersedes what any human can do, and we know that. It just goes way beyond what we can do, below, in, mm-hmm. and above what humans can do. So I think somehow they can create a frequency that will change their mass into energy. You can take a you know, piano note and raise so many octaves and it'll turn into light. I don't know if you know that or not, but sound is, is very amazing. When you start studying sound and light and all that, uh, it, it kind of opens your mind up to what's going on that you're not seeing. We're not seeing it. But we talk within certain frequencies. We see within certain frequencies. Uh, we are frequency you know, generating at a certain level. And that's what's what reading what we're doing right now. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, that's my cloaking theory.
2: <laughs> so, are you able to explain to me what the what the fifth dimension is? Because we all know that the fourth <clears throat> dimension is time. So, if, mm-hmm. they're, if they're skipping that fourth dimension, what 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 is the fifth dimension?
3: Well, it's outside of what we can understand how all the dimensions are. You know, it's just we're we're made in this environment. We're we are embodied in this earth to be in this environment, three dimensions, Two, I think experience things. And I think even aliens want to experience things in this dimension. Bigfoot does. Uh, we experience things and how we respond to them is what's important. We Respond to them uh, correctly, it, it, it raises our frequency. If you want to be depressed by something that's went wrong, well, it's going to lower your frequency. That's how you get sick, too, by the way. If you get a higher frequency going on, you won't be sick. That's, that's something I found. I hardly ever get sick. And that's only when I get depressed or something, you know, which I don't let myself get depressed because. You do you, level, well, it doesn't help you, and hurting someone else doesn't help you. It lowers your frequency. So you want to make everything positive and make everything uh, to a higher vibration. The fifth dimension is is just outside of what we can understand. It's just the collectiveness of consciousness. Uh, these things, I believe, they can mind speak to you, and that's how they do it. Because if you get on the right frequency, they can they can. Well, we all have that ability. It's just we haven't evolved. We haven't evolved. I think we're all supposed to be part of a collectiveness that we're not. We just haven't learned how to connect with each other like we're supposed to. But some people do, and they're called telepaths, like in telepathy. And there's a lot of things going on. See, Darwinism doesn't explain. It explains how we evolved physically, but it doesn't explain how consciousness works. It doesn't explain how a deja vu works. I mean, who's had a deja vu? Absolutely everyone, yeah. You know why? Time don't exist (laughs) as we perceive it. We only receive it on a linear level here, day after day after day in this earth. But you get out in the fifth dimension or on up, uh, I say up, just different dimensions, uh, time don't exist like that. And that's been pretty much established by science now. Uh, I write in my book, The Quantum Bigfoot, if you you spend one year in space going at 99% the speed of light, When you come back to Earth after one year, 227 years will have passed. That's kind of (laughs) true. Time doesn't exist. That's right. It doesn't exist. Everything's in the now. That's hard to get our heads around because we're in this three-dimensional thinking that yesterday was yesterday, tomorrow's going to be tomorrow, and that's how it goes. But uh, there's something else going on, a lot more going on. We just haven't got our heads around yet.
2: Yeah, and I I hundred percent agree with you on that because you hear so many encounters where people will see orbs around a a Bigfoot encounter or a Yowie encounter. Um, you'll hear about this mind speak, these things that just don't seem to to make sense to another encounter that you would have with say another cryptid or or something like that. But when it when it comes to the the Sasquatch, the Yowie, you do hear these things, and it makes me wonder that is there some type of energy that goes along with this type of creature? And if it's going into another dimension, like you're like you theorize, do you think that could be a reason that we, we get these things like orb sightings around that sure. are frequent with a, with Sasquatch sighting?
3: <clears throat> orbs are energy. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of reports saying that orbs and the Bigfoot kind of go, and we had that up there, you know, orbs around big orbs follow us around. I thought I would seen a, well, I mentioned this in my book, uh, the moon was falling, except it was a blue moon was coming down, slow was controlled. <laughs> huge spaceship, I think UFO whatever, but twenty uh, percent of bigfoot sightings have a UFO encounter with them, and uh, that's kind of unique. in fact, I think I think to still fact I did see this in the paper of eighteen eighty eight It was first encounter of a or written account of a uh, a UFO on a bigfoot, and it said this ranchers, these ranchers, and these uh, Native Americans in Humboldt County, California here in the United States, uh, they seen this huge uh, moon-like fall down and come down to Earth, and three crazy bears got out of it and started running away. (laughs) (laughs) So then this was in the newspaper. So that was 1888. That's a UFO and a a Bigfoot uh, together.
2: And what's so, interesting about that is that there wouldn't be a lot of pop culture influences on that to to spin something that wild.
3: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, <laughs> crazy bears. What else would you call it? I guess.
2: Exactly. I exactly. Know. So, Ooh. do you think there is a connection between the the Bigfoot phenomenon and and UFOs? I do.
3: I do. I think that's a nuclear part of the DNA. Uh, at least a big part of it. Uh, that is one of the DNA studies that was done a few years back. Uh, said the nuclear DNA was unidentifiable. And uh, That's out of 223 billion, I think it is, samples in the gene bank. And they couldn't put it anywhere. Wouldn't wouldn't match. So there's another thing. My academia says, well, it's got to be flawed. It's got to be contaminated. If wrong, you're not doing a good job. Because they won't they won't open their heads up to thinking maybe they could be something out of what they perceive them. They got to be a big apron around the woods and they're more than that. They're like a people except they are more advanced than most people want to give them credit for.
2: I absolutely think they are way more advanced than what we, we are giving them credit for because one of the, um, one of the analogies that I like to use when it comes to, uh, I guess how people have not found or captured a Bigfoot is they they evolve in a way that we evolve with technology. Our technology is actual technology. We would use computers, cameras, things like that to assist us to evolve. So our, our, our evolution process is probably going to be a lot slower because we are using additional items to help us. Where creatures out in the, in the wild, they don't have that luxury. So they, they genuinely have to evolve to their surroundings and – I think that's one of the reasons that these things are able to do the things that they do is that they've lived out in the wild for potentially millions of years. And they, they know nature better than anyone else. And that also goes into, into the whole going into a different frequency, knowing how to operate, that type of those, those types of um, realms and things like that. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? Well,
3: first of all, I don't think they're all the same. You know, I'm not, I don't mean like your Yowie is different than our Bigfoot. I mean, I think a lot of our Bigfoot Sasquatch over here are probably from different genomes because I totally believe, and I think the whole earth believes now the UFOs are coming around. Absolutely. Well, somebody's flying those things, you know, yeah. somebody's yeah. flying them. <laughs> they have to be more advanced than what we are to do that. And the Tic Tac uh, UFO that was just filmed by the Navy uh, lets out and, you know, it shot off at 5,000 miles an hour in two seconds it went from nothing to that and it's out of sight well some some technology that's outside of our newtonian physics is working there absolutely i, I think it's in quantum <laughs> physics you know but if they're different and i'm not like gonna say i've been into peru and bolivia i've seen remains of, of uh, aliens i've seen uh the megalithic structures down there they're all over the world really but you can find find signs of things that are just out Our our technology just won't won't get to those megalithic structures, how they put them together with no mortar, uh, like a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, You see that stuff with your own eyes and it kind of opens your mind up, man, something's gone on here before that we don't know about.
2: Absolutely. And,
3: uh, you know, then when these UFOs are coming around like they are now, um, it kind of makes you wonder what's fixing to happen because something's fixing to happen, I think. And uh, anyway, uh, yeah, the... The alien connection, I think, is is there, but I think some of them who have been here for eons and eons have evolved, like you say, and some of them have crossbred with Native American or indigenous people, I should say, and um, that has diluted some of them down to be even more human-like, like we are. So maybe some of them have lost some of the attributes that they were originally designed with, like we have lost our original attributes. I think we were made to be different than what we are. We all think we're separate, but we're all really part of one energy. We just have to learn how to connect with that, and uh, that's what I think. Bigfoot is is able to at least the ones I dealt with are able to to collectively be one mind, you know, and think. Because uh, you know, you could set up a camera trap uh, real cleverly during the day and think you're going to trick these things <laughs> for coming in after the food. You know, at night <laughs> that we left out, it goes another way. Uh. Uh, I thought, well, oh, man. <laughs> underestimate them, and I, researchers do that. You know, they just underestimate what they're dealing with. Most of them do, and until they've had an experience uh, of some type, uh, like someone disappear, or, or something happened to them. And I've talked to people. They once they find out I got an open mind, I get these emails all the time. Hey, this is what happened to me. <laughs> so what do you do? You know, I, I respond to all of them and try to. And, uh, I understand. I'm not going to make fun of anybody because I've had too many people tell me too many stories and you don't just write them off like so many researchers will because it doesn't fall into their paradigm. You've got this, this idea made up over here. These, well, this is what it's got to be. And if it doesn't fit in that, it ain't, it's not real. <laughs> so there's where they are. And, uh, I'm not that way. I'm open minded and, uh, nothing, nothing surprises me anymore around these things. From from what I've gathered and my experiences around them for so long, <clears throat> they're they're just something different.
2: And that's a that's probably a really good note for, for people who have had a, a Yowie encounter, a Sasquatch encounter, and something is already seeing a Sasquatch or seeing a Yowie is already completely out of the normal. And then to have maybe something else that was extra different about it is probably the, the worst way I could say it. But something where, you know, you see the the Bigfoot disappear or you you have a mind speak encounter with this thing that kind of just takes that already uh I would say extraordinary encounter to another level. And that's really hard to share. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And uh regular researcher will make fun of him or he'll write them off. And I did that for a long time you know, because I don't know that they were disappearing. Never thought about that frequency ability that they could have. Uh, so I've had people tell me that for years, and until I actually, my daughter seen one, found the trackway, bam, bam, real deep. You know, we couldn't even make a print in the ground, and it stopped. They stopped. Well, how's that happen? Density. Once your mass turns into energy, you have no more density.
2: Is that what made you take on these other theories? no no i had I had heard this the
3: trackway disappearing, and I know in researchers it's, uh, it's a hoax it's phony he, he made them up because they just stopped and wanted some helicopter come down, and pick it up you know <laughs> got to figure <laughs> out something something that makes sense to them because our brain is is confabulating all the time, trying to fill in the blanks that that we've set it to. You know,
2: we've got this. Well, that's it. We we know yeah. we know our our box, and we know how to stay within it. And when you get something like that, that's a little bit different. You have to try and make it fit the mold.
3: You do. You really do. And your brain will do that. So you have to watch for that. Uh, if you are a researcher out there listening to this, make notes because your brain will playing tricks on you later on when when you when you look back at it. You know, well, this happened. Or that happened. Albury was taking good notes. And I'll say that, that he was up there doing a job at the camp trying to figure this out. And he made a lot of notes. It was a good thing. And I was trying to make notes. Last time I encountered one was 2011. I encountered something up there a couple of years ago, though, that kind of strange, but there's you no know, strange things. What's strange? The things we don't understand, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, there was some in camp. I don't know how many, but there was one that made a big whap sound right outside the little tent i set up. And, uh, I thought that's what they do. This is the daylight. And, uh, I heard this chattering going on down here by the uh, 70 feet away or so. And then I hear this crunch, crunch, crunch around my tent area there. And I, man, I was by myself, which is not I'm not supposed to do that.
2: Yeah, that's that's a <laughs> that's to, a tough situation. <laughs> well,
3: especially you know I I I'm one of these guys. I didn't think I had any fear, but you shake a little bit when when you're up there where you don't really have any help you can get because you're in the middle of nowhere and uh, you can't get out. Uh, I mean, not if it's dark, you're not going to get out, and uh, it's just uh, a little unsettling when all that happens. And at four o'clock that morning, because I didn't sleep, uh, But I can tell you, my tape recorder a brand new lithium batteries in it, and the batteries are dead. These things draw; suck. They suck energy. Uh, and that's another thing that's into energy. They can, they can play with you and they can toy with you and they
2: do do that. Do do that because that, that is something that I do hear quite a lot, where people will go out with fresh batteries, brand new equipment, and it all just stops working yeah. for no reason. Mm.
3: Or the film was missing time. I've heard that happen. You know, when they're trying really? to film something, yeah, it's like it skips from certain time to another time. There's nothing there. It's amazing. Like, see, when you get into quantum physics, uh, <laughs> it's, it's uncertainty where Newtonian physics is certainty. Right? you can measure things, you know, we have to make that leap or that jump into quantum, the quantum reality that's really going on because quantum physics, uh, It's pretty young. It's called modern science, and so much academia has been trained in Newtonian thinking now, and that's what we've been brainwashed in, thinking that's all that can go on. Uh, But quantum physics is how the universe works from the most minute level, micro level, to the macro level. Throughout the universe is quantum physics. Time, everything is so different than how we perceive it. And opening your mind to that and get you a couple of books all over the place of this stuff and how to understand quantum physics. Uh, so it's just a matter of time, you know, and also the speed of light. Einstein says nothing can go faster than the speed of light. Well, that's not true. Our thoughts go faster than the speed of light. Our thoughts does not matter. Einstein's talking about matter. Uh, energy goes faster than light. So I think that's how anything UFO-wise can travel from, in space at the speeds they must have to travel to get to and from wherever they're coming to and from. Uh, they have to work in the energy field only, I think, and somehow shoot off like that. Uh, or they've got a different technology with their propulsions, cause that's what the Dic Tac couldn't
2: Absolutely. And if you if you buy into the whole Bob Lazar type of um, theories and, and stories that he kind of shares, there's there's some very, very fascinating um rabbit holes that you can, you can really go down on, on things like that because there's this whole, uh, gravity manipulation, gravity propulsion Mm -hmm. where Mm the, these, these craft, they're not actually getting, um, pushed, they're getting pulled, which is quite a, quite an interesting theory because all these, all these recent UFO videos that you see in the Tic Tac video is a perfect example of that where it kind of just tilts on its belly and it, and you can see it, it's, it's actually getting pulled forward and that starts to shine a lot of, really really interesting light and these theories that are you know 20 30 years old now yeah
3: well they say it's the 20 minute thing they got out i i, uh, I may have posted it on facebook i'm not sure but it's a 20 minute film with uh, uh politicians physicists government uh, the tic-tac uh, people chiming in on this phenomenon how we're now exposing it. So I think we're going to see a lot of changes, a lot of things going on because of this, uh, new awareness that we have. I think that's what the 2012 calendar, my calendar, was all about. It was going to be the end of the world. It's going to be the world. Well, no, I never thought that at all. I think it's the beginning of a new awareness age that's coming upon us and it's going to help us evolve and get better frequencies going on. Cause again, we're, we're frequencies vibrating different, different wavelengths and, uh, get into. Well, so many things. The Earth's humans, human uh, vibrational frequency of the Earth is important. It's been shooting up lately. I think that's got something to do with uh, possibly the UFOs. I don't know.
2: It's an interesting time that we are heading into because it almost seems like every day we're one step closer to disclosure happening. True.
3: Yes, and it's happening all the time. I'm going to post that, if I didn't already, on my Facebook page, Ronald J. Moorhead, 10 and uh, people can tune into it and, and watch it. It's 20 minutes long, and uh, it's uh, just really cool. It's got all the physicists on there talking about it. it's it got how you know it can't be hidden anymore. It's out in the open. It's up to the government now to disprove what's been proven. And even you got the politicians who's got these closed meetings. That's why President Trump over here in the United States he formed a space space force. You know, trying to trying to do that because. There's, there could be a threat because not all these things
2: are good. Uh, well, that's right. That's right. And that's the that's the serious part of all this, mm-hmm. all these theories and things like that. Because we love to think that these things are coming in here. In here, they're harmless. They're not doing anything. But that might not be the case.
3: All right, you want to know what they're all about? Now you want to know what is their what is their intention? <laughs> because um, they may have different intentions depending on which ones they are. And uh, that's a little bit concerning, I think we should all be just aware of what's trying to happen and and be ready for it because uh things are fixing to change here on Earth, and they're changing pretty pretty fast too i think
2: yeah I'm well, uh,
3: not a conspiracy type of guy. I like to not do that, but then <clears throat> you can't help but open your eyes sometimes see what's what's trying to happen and uh uh, I, I'm. I was raised religiously. I'm not religious anymore, but uh, I get it in my quantum Bigfoot book, and uh, I talk about how. Uh, well, who was it? Tesla said that. what well, one man calls God, another man calls quantum physics. That's a good one. See, they're they're on the same. I think they're synonymous, because you got spirituality over here, which is not religion. Spirituality is what we all are at the most minute level of our existence. We are all energy, vibrating at different frequencies. That frequency would determine where we're at as far as what we're creating, what we're doing. Because you create your own environment, really. And uh, anyway, there's so many, so many statements these these physicists made: Tesla, Einstein, um, Planck, who Max Planck, Planck, who actually is the founder of quantum physics. He got the Nobel Prize in 1919 for quantum physics, and that's that's why it's called the newer physics, the newer model of science, and yet. Yet you got the classical science over here still teaching in schools, still talking about Newtonian physics. It's got to be proven this way or this way or this way. And no, there's other things. There's other ways to do it. And uh, I think it's more of a conceptual thing that you got to understand because you're never going to see it with your eyes. We, like I say, we're in a three-dimensional environment. We're only seeing such per- certain, certain parameters with our life's vibration
2: people can barely understand how time travel might may be a thing and telling them to go to another dimension after that, or possibly more that, that is a real mind bender and to, for uh, a a normal person to, to get their head around how these other dimensions work. It is absolutely one of the most difficult things to do. Yeah. It's conceptual. I mean, you have to conceive it
3: uh, because you can't, Get your head around it. You just have to know. the a good way to start it, and I've thought this for 100 years. Try to imagine the end of the universe. Can you do that? That starts people off, okay, I can't do that. <laughs> you <laughs> can't do that. With our three-dimensional brain, we can't, can't imagine that because we live in a linear time thing here with Earth, and that's not how space is. That's not how the universe is. It doesn't work that way.
2: So in what you're saying there, just something that you you said a little bit earlier about, um, I guess, life after death almost, that it was something I felt you're almost leading to. Do you think the consciousness continues on then? Absolutely.
3: According to Stephen Hawkins, you know, I'm sure most people have heard of him. He's a guy in a wheelchair and died here last year. year And he said energy can't die. Mm. And that's what we're all made of from almost my new level. That's where I was going earlier. I got sidetracked or Just pull me back when I get sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much, there's so much. I, I carried away with it. But Einstein said, energy can't die either. It only changes form. So it changes form. Well, if you're religious, you'll say, well, I'm going to go to heaven. If you're a physicist, you'll say, I'm going to go to another dimension. Because you can't, we're only, we're, we're spiritual beings embodied in this, uh, Embodiment that we have, and and it can only this will die. But our essence, who we really are, our spirituality, our spirit part will continue on and change forms. So maybe that's where I was going earlier. Because we all are energy. Everything is energy. And uh, gotta put it in perspective. What's gonna happen? (laughs) I, I that's how they disappear. You know, that's what you're seeing in the predator state is their energy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I've heard it from too many people to, mm-hmm. to, to poo poo the idea. Right. Uh, in
3: uh, David Pilate's uh, missing 411, The Hunted. I'm, I'm in that for about 15 minutes, really good DVD. And, uh, not because I'm in it, but because <laughs> he did a good job. I let him go into our camp, uh, in 2018, him and his filmer to film the area. Cause there's so much history there and so much has gone on and, it's, it's been known about now throughout the Bigfoot, uh, Sasquatch, uh, field of Bigfootology, I call it. But anyway, I finally let a filmer go in there, which I've really kept the area a secret. And all of us have the hunters that go up there, the family anyway, still hunts the area. Uh, we don't want a bunch of researchers going up there, but he did a good job. But in the 50 minute section that he's got me in right after that, there's a section in there of this lady who was bow hunting and she, uh, she's seen this, uh, Predator, he calls it the predator look. She was sitting up her tree mount, and and she sees this uh, energy or something pixelated went from tree to tree to another tree. <laughs> Pretty cool. He also it's, did it's a re- 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 reenactment.
2: I hear uh, he
3: did a reenactment in mine. And this I told you something strange happened up there a couple years back. Well, we were up there, and, and this light, this bolt of light, I, I related like a saber of light. The stars, you know, Star Wars, these sabers. The tube of goes floating by our tent. <laughs> now, come on. It was manipulated. We watched for several seconds, come over here, work his way through the trees and kept going down that way. You don't know what to think about that stuff. I mean, you don't know what it is. You know, it's an intelligent something, but what's it all about? What's it doing? Check
2: do react? How do you react to something like that when you see that? You just sit there and wonder. <laughs> <laughs> oh be quiet yeah i was going because that's the one i was gonna ask <laughs> don't if, scream and start running <laughs> well that's it do you draw attention to yourself do you do you react to it do you do no you i do try to no. ignore it yeah no.
3: no. oh, i don't know i watch it that's for sure because i didn't know if it was going to come up and grab my wife or what because it was just her and i up there and one other guy and he was off in a hammock and he was looking the other way when that took place. He seen something strange that night, too, but you will have to tell that, I guess. Um, anyway, uh, that's the last strange thing. Uh, I took David Pilates up there and his filmer, nothing happened. We was up there for a week uh, filming and doing stuff, and uh, nothing strange happened at all uh, that we could really put your finger on. It was really smoky. The whole area whole California was like 17 forest fires, I think, there. And it was very smoky. And what wasn't any animal sign, no bear. No, we always see bear here and stuff like that up there, but <clears throat> not then. And uh, uh, anyway, it was probably two or three weeks after that's when the whole mountain caught on fire where we were. So uh, I'm not sure what the area looks like now because I haven't been back up since, since July of 2018. I did fly over it in a small plane, and uh, I, I was trying to get a handle on how bad it was, but the several, several acres right around our camp, it don't look like it was burnt. Just, of course, the wildlife says well, sometimes the burn will just go under the big trees and they'll still still stay there. They won't burn up. And it looks like that might've happened because, uh, but again, getting there is another story. That's you know, really a very imposing way to it's very imposing to try to get there.
2: So Ron, do you think the, the world will ever find a Bigfoot? Do you think it, it will ever get disclosed, or do you think this will just be one of those things that is just just a mystery?
3: I think it'll be disclosed, but I think it'll, it'll still be a mystery because they'll find out the enigmas associated with them, at least a lot of them, and if not all of them. And uh, it's, you know, unless it's accidentally shot and they, they get the body then, because according to Fred Beck, uh, this, I'll say Helen's Cape like, Canyon thing in 1924, he claimed he shot one dead on. Couldn't have missed it. It fell off a cliff. I couldn't find the body. Uh, so well, you got stuff like that going on. You've got the uh, Albert Osman same year uh, Tobin in British Columbia. He, he was kidnapped by one hell for six days with his family a male, a female, and two adolescents. And he said they were chattering amongst themselves as in John Green's book, uh, Apes Among Us. So you got a lot of his, history about these things going on. And you got, I think, academia turning their heads and wondering. Well, maybe I should give us a look. And the academia that I know of, the professors that I talk with and communicate with, they're they're open-minded because they they do believe these things exist. Especially the one that studies the foot tracks, the casts, because they got the dermal ridges in them, and uh, that that can't be faked. It's like a fingerprint. So you got those things going on, <clears throat> but still, they can't seem to get the attention of of their colleagues. Because in, in these universities, you know, you'll, you'll lose your tenure, you'll, let you, you'll lose your grant money. You, you take a hitting, a beating, if you take the subject on. Grover Krantz, who used to live in the same town I'm living in right now, he passed away, but he was a professor at the University of Washington over here. And he he said that he's taking a real beating because of his he, he got the gigantopithecus jaw, you know, thinking oh. the remnant of the gigantopithecus. and and uh, he he claimed, he said I'm sure they're out there, but again he he was advocate of somebody shooting one. So uh, anyway, uh, whether it'll be proved or not, <clears throat> your guess good is good as mine. You know, if they are what I'm thinking they are, uh, something's going to intervene, and uh, they uh, I don't know if uh, if they can accidentally be shot, and that's how it would be actually because you're not going to sneak up on them very easy. Yeah, they like won't yeah. Sneak up on all, all. They seem to anticipate you. And that's because, and maybe in their fifth dimensional state where they stay, uh, time don't exist, so they can just drop in on you when they want to.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly it. Because that's the that's the beauty of, I guess, dimension hopping. Is that you you get all the the control of the previous uh, dimensions that are below you. That's mm-hmm. that's just how the fixes <laughs> of it all works. Um, what? Do you, and, and this, this is a little bit conspiracy tracked, but do you think the, the governments of the world, they, do you think they know about these creatures? Absolutely. Do you think they know they exist? Yes. No doubt in my mind. Yes. Quick answer. Yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. They couldn't know. It's like they knew about UFOs since the forties. And they've known about that. Uh, they've just kept it secret. Now it's all out of the bag. And, uh, these things are going to be out of the bag, but it's scary. I'm sure that people really realize what, what's out there. It's going to scare them because they've been trained to think certain ways. And and it's going to you – know, these things are huge. I mean, they're big, and they are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. They're everything that we're not showing that we are. Uh, so it's going to be very concerning
2: to religious circles too. It will be. that It will blow the lid off. That type of those that type of mindsets behind a lot of people, and, right. and and same with same with UFOs and aliens, it it's all kind of in that that same box where sure all this stuff isn't supposed to exist. Um, the Bible doesn't say this is real, and when that happens, you have to ask the question: What happens to religion after that? Right.
3: Well, I think people have got to realize that there are spiritual entities, entities, and religion is is kind of man's way of saying jump through this way and you're going to go to heaven. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people have thrown away religion, but like it or not, you can't throw away your spirituality. We all are spiritual beings, which means we are energy, frequency, uh, and vibration. Nikola Tesla said that too. If you want to understand the secrets of the universe, look at the energy, frequency, and vibration. Well, that's so true. And I got a lot of statements I make by physicists. <laughs> some of these guys, you know, they some for some reason, they're not. They're not being taken. Like, what's really going on out there? I seen a head physicist in California one time. He was the head of the physics department in a private meeting. And I said, What do you think about uh <sighs> I didn't this first time I talked, I said, what, what what do you think about quantum physics? He just looked at me, smiled he says, Nothing's real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Nothing's real. It's all made up. We're living in like a matrix or something. And it's hard to get your head around that. So if people can't get their head around it; they're not going to go for it. I don't care how true it is. Uh, you got to conceive it. And the math—the math that's been established by physics, quantum physics—has to be disproven mathematically, or it's accepted. And the math that shows the different dimensions exist and it can't be disproven mathematically, so it's accepted by physicists worldwide. But you got to be a physicist. Uh, and preferably a theoretical physicist to, to really uh, get a hold of this and, and understand it a little bit. It's not that hard. You, you realize who we are as human beings. I think we're very, very special as human beings. And if I get carried away here, just stop me. But we're, we're, we are made, uh, well, I think we evolved like, like Darwinism says, but somewhere along the line, our DNA was changed. We became sapient people. And we became a different type of person. At that time, in this metaphorical Garden of Eden that we talk about, we all got separated because we did something wrong. And we we inherited all that, and we're going with it. That's what <clears> – <throat> I'm going to get spiritual here. <laughs> the masters that have been here, and especially one a couple thousand years ago, who, his name was JC. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about.
2: I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He was trying to tell us how to how to become one with the father as he was one with the father. Well that's what that's what we all have to be, is we have to become one with the collective consciousness that's out there. And we've all been separated. And until we become one, and I think that's done through the pineal gland, through the awareness, through the, the heart, mind, coherence, get it in the vibrate, right vibrational frequency and understand that your your outside brain has to be has to be communicating with the third eye, the eye of Horus, inside the pineal. And I go on and on and on with this stuff
2: because it's really, really exciting to me. <laughs> it is. And it's a, it's a really fascinating subject. It's something that can be – honestly, you could talk about it all day, all night, because there's there's so many different theories. There's so many different elements to it that it, it really can just go on forever.
3: So true. It does. And everybody's got their own theory, so – Uh, I don't down anybody with their own ideas. Uh, that's important. And don't talk bad about anybody because you don't know. None of us really know yet. We just speculate. I speculate, but it's out of 50 years of experience and dealing with it and interviewing people all over the world and doing what I do. This is what I do now. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's really exciting. and It's fun. And I'm glad I'm, I'm glad this came to me, you know, in my earlier years when I was 29, when it started for me. And, uh, I have to do the math now to see what, what that takes me. <laughs> you know, we're all going to change forms here one of these days. So <laughs> while I'm still so vertical, I think that's why this all happened to me so I can talk about it now. And I'm so happy that I've been able to meet with you and do that.
2: Well, it's been my pleasure. It's been so great to have you on, Ron. It's—I uh, think I'm going to have to get you on because I had a—I had a list of questions that I wanted to ask you. And
3: uh, I'm taking up I, all the air, and the oxygen. No, water. it's fine.
2: It's fine. It means—it uh, just means I get to hopefully have your company again at a at a future date because uh, I have so many other questions that I do want to ask you. But I tell you what—I I, when you when you start talking about Bigfoot. UFOs, aliens, and the connection between that, it's its a conversation that I, I absolutely live for. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I like it.
1: And that was Ron Moyhead on Kate Moyer's Believe podcast. If you've had an encounter with a Yowie or you've seen a ghost or you've had a scary UFO experience or any other weird stuff – Get in touch with me via central at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. Looks like we're out of time for this week, people. Yowie Central will be back next week, same time, same place, on 94.9 Main FM. I'll catch you next week. Stay safe. <laughs>
0: Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Pretty young thing Better hide the glint Of your diamond ring Your fancy jacket Won't be worth a dime When you're sucking the blood Right out of your spine and cry